Armstrong and Getty. Why are you here today? We choose truth over facts. I, I don't understand what you're saying. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. All right, go, go. Spare us the theatrics. Behave yourself. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So first, Sean is going to seek out an impossible burger. Yeah, I'm, uh, there there are two... That's a meat company. Yes, Impossible Meat Company is one of the two major companies that's really kind of getting into this new fake meat space. Uh, the other one is... <laughs> fake meat space. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the other one is called Beyond Meat. That, those are the ones that are paired with Carl's Jr. Uh, I'm going right. to look around and see if, see if those are available in, in, in this area as well. And, and that but, sounds better than all the ones I've eaten, which are all called, but this clearly isn't meat. And the Beyond Beef is excellent. You've, You've had, had it? it? Yes, I've had it a number of times. It is great. It just tastes good or it tastes like beef? It tastes like beef, and it does actually kind of ooze a little something that looks like it might be blood. I mean, yeah, what is it with people? <laughs> it's juice. What? People like juice, not what? blood. What well, is it with people? <laughs> Seriously, all this talk well, of blood. Yeah. Well, if, it's, if it's a rare steak, it's blood. Yeah. What? No. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. No. No, it, but it is Disgusting. excellent. I highly recommend it. Did you buy the just the raw meats from like the grocery store yep. and then make it yourself? Okay, yep. yeah. So, so two. I guess it's the Beyond Meat is the one that's kind of making a, a bigger push into right. grocery stores. Okay. Right. Impossible is the one that's really trying to make the push into restaurants and fast. And they're they're trying to get their their products adopted. I gotta that buy way. some of that at the store and try it at home with un, without telling anybody. That's oh. the best way to test it. Oh, Deception. Right. Yes. Yeah. Dress it up with a little Deception. onion, little onion, little ketchup, uh, some lettuce. Yeah. Oh, it's good. In other words, common hamburger condiments. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just like you would a normal burger. Yeah. Thus, some ranch so dressing, throwing them a, off the scent. Right. I don't some... eat it with a knife and fork, plain Marshall. All right. <laughs> so what is the clown? Possible beef? You have impossible beef? No. Probable beef? No. Clearly not Unlikely beef. beef. No. So, okay, so you got that. I'm ex- kind of excited about that. Why am I excited about that? I don't care. I'm not trying to stay away from red meat. but uh, It's tasty. I'll try it out. And then, so there were a bunch of donuts today here at work. Yeah. Somebody brought in a ton of donuts because the sales team hit goal or something. Yeah. Some good news like There's that. There's less now than there were earlier. And I, a guy who never eats donuts, ate a big-ass donut. And now I'm filled with shame and donut. And a big ass. Big ass donuts lead to big ass. Bar now follow me here. They claim it was entirely made of maple. It was delicious, Mm. and I had what was purportedly to be the bear of a uh, the claw of a bear. Also delicious. (laughs) But so I I haven't eaten one. I've been I've been mostly good for the last month. I had a binge over the weekend. It was ugly. What did it consist of? Yeah. Um, my wife buys these tr- these uh, trays of cinnamon rolls from our local grocery store, high end oh, grocery store, and they're they're delicious. They're like a really good cinnamon roll. Oh. And I think I ate three or four of those. Yes. Oh man, with and, coffee and, or decaf or something. Oh man. So, am I more common or less common than than, than in that it's like uh, taking your finger out of a dam? I mean, I I don't I don't because I was in the lunchroom. I haven't had a donut today, but I was in the lunchroom and somebody said, "Have one." Well. If I could, it's like having one beer. If I could oh, have right. one beer, I'd drink. If I could have one donut, the problem is even if I only have one donut now, it's for the rest of the day I'll eat crap. It's just oh really? Uh, possibly. Oh, see, I had one donut and I'll I'll eat like a monk the rest of the really? day just because of the shame. I'm more kind of on that oh. side of things. Where well, good for you. Yeah. That's not the way it works for me. It just right. kind of right. once once I release my willpower. 
then it's just off to the races. This day is a loss. Yeah, exactly. Which is stupid. Just get this day as lossy as possible. Which is a dumb way to look at it. Makes no sense on any level whatsoever. But yeah, I had a couple of cinnamon rolls, and then I ate a little ice cream, and I had a bowl of Fruit Loops. If I could vomit the donut right now, I think I would. Okay, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. So the only part of the donut you want is the is the eaten part, right? You, but now the sensation your... of swallowing okay. is well, which I don't is know. why your neck valve is so brilliant. <laughs> I don't. Do you need the sensation of swallowing? I certainly once it's in your your stomach, it has no use whatsoever. In fact, it's doing you harm. Right. It's a poison, really. Um, it, it's something that's bad for your body. You made your friggin' point. Move on. <laughs> we get it. You didn't need a donut today. We did. It's a poison. It's killing you. It's hurting you. It's damaging you. It's shortening your life. It's ruining right. your body. I was thinking this about myself the other night. It's when I ate. sending you at 100 miles per hour into moldering in your grave. Skydiving right. without a chute is really right. what you're doing. Right. So I thought this the other night when I ate a couple cinnamon rolls. Now that they're in my stomach, they're of no use to me whatsoever. Right. Why isn't the smart thing to do to throw it up or to get it out of there somehow? Well, then there's the whole damage you do to yourself by making yourself vomit. Right. And then, then does it become a habit? Right. And you're you don't want you're to do that. better off just for swearing it. I'm just not going to eat not that Not eating anymore. the push I went but years without any- eating the donut, but now I'm... I'm, I'm uh, but why, why haven't we come up with these human beings in in-between? I get to eat it and swallow it, but it doesn't go into my stomach. Right. I've been advocating for years, this would be some surgery involved, <laughs> yes. a valve in the neck. The food goes, you flip a little lever here, and so <laughs> instead of the food going down into your stomach, it goes out this tube into a bag. Instead, It's in a bag instead of in your stomach. Right. I've gotten all the good part out of it. I don't need it anymore. Right. It's in this bag. I'll it chew it up. Fashionable accessory for the gals or something nice and leathery looking for the guys. Oh, yeah. It could be your favorite sports team logo. Oh, I don't right. care what yeah. you do with Sitting it. on your shoulder, right? Or, yeah, every yeah. football team. You could get a, a Green yeah. Bay Packers neck sure. bag. How, does yeah. it, how is this not yeah. a good idea? Oh, it's a great idea. God, and then if you could do that, say they can do that, and your you know neck doesn't collapse and you die. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more than one out of ten patients. Just for the sake of the argument, yeah. if the food that went in your mouth, you could have it go somewhere else other than in your body. What yeah. would you eat all day long? Do you think you'd just eat donuts? You'd be like Homer on the assembly line at the donut place. You'd just be eating donuts all day long. You might be. You might not be able to afford to live that lifestyle. You might want right? to go back to the old days right? where at least you had the limiting factor of weight and shame. Because now, God, I spent, right? I spent $5,000 last month on eating. Wow. I just think? Non-st- I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what would either. happen. I don't... If there were no consequences to eating... How much would you eat yummy food? Just yeah. for the sensation of it? I don't know. I think he'd get tired of it. Well, you weren't, you wouldn't get full, though. So, you know how you, you might enjoy that yeah, first piece but, of pizza? Why wouldn't yeah. you enjoy the fifth one just as much if it didn't go in your stomach? Because I think part of the enjoyment is sating your hunger. I think that's a big part of the neurological enjoyment of it. You just don't realize they it. They should do that test on mice. Yeah, I'll tell you though. By the time <laughs> you get into strength for by it. the time you get into neck valve maintenance, I mean <laughs> it just becomes way overwhelming. You know how often you got to clean your neck valve? You know, like two, three times a day, like you brush your teeth. That's probably imagine. a good idea. It could get a little gamey. Yeah, you no want to kidding. flush it out at least <laughs> weekly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when yeah. you reach down into your garbage disposal and it's all slimy. <laughs> and <burn. laughs> oh, oh. Well, Weird be, smells start oh, coming yeah. out It'd of it. It'd be like know? all other hygiene. you got people who take good care of themselves, and you got right. people who are kind of disgusted. So you got to take like a long wire brush and go to the... <laughs> <laughs> 
And then you close the valve, and it's yeah. got to be able to bend around the elbow. Right. Right. It'd, be, right. It'd just be a big, thick pipe cleaner is what it would be. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in my lifetime, I've been around many sinks with garbage disposals, and not once have they ever just started on their own. But every time I need to reach down into the sink to get oh. something out of there, oh, yeah, I'm 95% sure this thing is just <laughs> yes. going to chew up my arm and <laughs> right. suck me down the drain. Right. Yeah, right. I literally <laughs> use my right hand so that if it accidentally turns on, I can still play guitar. You know, there's a switch under there. You can just turn it off. Well, what? Uh, but again, one's never leapt into action on its own in my entire life, like Sean's saying. Yeah, not even. I have never even heard of somebody say, "Oh yeah, my garbage it just it just turned on randomly." No, no but for that some would, reason, that would really that would hurt. Yeah, that would no hurt kidding. a lot. I get like standing on the ledge of a tall building, sweats when I need to reach in there and pull out right. a spoon that dropped in. It's like being afraid to grab something out of your gas fireplace because you're afraid it'll just burst into flame and cook you. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I burnt the living bejesus out of my tongue yesterday oh, drinking hot coffee. Sorry to hear that. Worst I've ever done. Still can't taste anything. After decades of drinking coffee. Yeah. I what? know. I think the same thing when I do it to myself. How What's did that? I... What, how could I not be good at this? It's like when you hit your head getting into your car. I've gotten mm-hmm. into my car a thousand times. Why did I just smash my ear on the door this time? Right? <laughs> not tasting anything is actually a superpower. If I could, if, if I had to lose one sense, I would willingly lose taste. Yeah. Never. Never. The others, you, are, the you, others are all essential to survival. Taste you, is the only thing that holds you back. You'd give up one of the other ones? Absolutely. Over taste? The Which Epicurean one? lifestyle is my greatest delight. So you're going to go through life blind so you can taste? No way. No, probably not. Um, uh, but so I was eating my coffee and I put it in the microwave for 10 seconds. Still not hot. Put it in for 15 seconds. Still not hot. And out of frustration, fine. Put it in for, ah, now you're hot. <laughs> and then I took a big swick of it. And then I had the, I've done this before. Where it's in your mouth and you have like a millionth of a second. Do I, is this so bad I should spit it out? Yes. Yes. All over the place and make a giant mess. Yes. Or tough it out. And I toughed, I toughed it out. The man just seared my tongue. Oh boy. So now you got no sense of taste. Right. Whether you like it or not. Luckily it was after I hit my donut bottom. I believe I have hit my donut bottom. And if you eat enough donuts, you will have a donut bottom. Oh yeah. Look at the donut bottom on him or her. What, what what was your donut bottom? I just I ate so many donuts yesterday, and it's been <sighs> so many days in a row that I just just saying it almost made me chunder just now. Wow! I just I don't I don't know that I can ever even look or smell a donut ever again. I've known people who have gone on all sorts of different binges. I've never known anybody who's <laughs> gone on a a multi day donut. Binge. I think I've had donut every day for fourteen days straight, something like that. Yeah. Well, now that you burn your taste buds off, you can just eat broccoli. It tastes the same as a donut. Exactly. Pretend it's a donut. Mmm, delicious long drawn. Funny texture, but yummy. Um. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm sure there are questionnaires all over the internet how you assess whether you are an alcoholic or not. Has drinking ever caused you to blank? Do you ever blank because you've been drinking? Do people ever say to you, your drinking is blank? I mean, if you were to insert donut instead of drinking in one of those questionnaires, I'd be curious to see, has your wife ever said, honey, I think you're donutting too much? Have you ever gotten in a fight when you'd eaten a donut? <laughs> Have your kids ever say, said, daddy, why are you donutting? Have you ever woken up with a stranger because you've had too many donuts? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Wait, are the, am I supposed to be writing these down? Have you ever called in sick to work because you had too many donuts the previous night? Huh? Crashed my car with a donut between my legs. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Frosting everywhere. Oh, you know what? That's funny. We got an email from a, a lady, and I wasn't sure whether to read it or not on the air. I couldn't decide. I kept hey, going I'm back sure and it's going. fine. Michael, be quiet in there. Um, <laughs> it was about her daughter who had a couple of drinks, college-age young gal, um, but but of, of, of legal age. I think she may have been 21, 22. Had a couple of drinks, got busted for DUI, and the penalty that they were going to hit her with would have made it extremely difficult for her to keep her job, and she would have owed big fines, had no way to pay them, and gone into a spiral of, of, of you know terrible financial outcomes. But because mom and dad could hire an attorney and a good one, her penalties were vastly reduced to the point that she could keep her job mm. and go on with her life. And boy, that, that email troubled me. I wasn't sure, you know, what our take should be or, or I, I really wanted to think about it for a while before I brought it to you, but that, that bothered me. Well, the, 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 we, we haven't decided as this, we've decided as a society drinking and driving is bad. Yes. And we've come up with a penalty. But yeah. I don't think anybody decided, you know, let's make the penalty, uh, ru- ruins your, ruins your life. Right. One, one DUI ruins your life. Right. Well, it went from six months with no license to four months restricted license. And it went from something like a month in jail to, um, you know, picking up trash on the weekends and going to a bunch of uh, AA meetings. I and, think the DUI class. I like the picking up trash on the weekends and stuff like that. Yeah, huge inconvenience, all that sort of stuff. And no BS celebrity. My uh, my uh, uh, community service will be uh, uh, doing a commercial telling kids not to drink and drive. Yeah, I've known I've known people who got it got uh, incredibly BS community service deals, but Well, and I, I would go for that if I, I could. I love but. the idea of people picking up trash and stuff like that cuz it doesn't cost you anything. Um cuz as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, some of these proposals for making fines a proportion of your income or wealth mm-hmm. or something yeah. because it does it does have a huge difference. Sure. A five hundred dollar fine for me today compared to when I was twenty, completely different thing. Oh please. Yeah. Be many, many, many multiples to get your attention the way that five hundred dollars did back in the day, depending on your status in life. Talking to y'all at this point. But here's the deal. Guilt Well has sometimes been... it's the other way around though. It's meant to be a mild punishment and it's a huge punishment. Yeah. For Very somebody because they don't have much money. Yeah. But the idea that in an, uh, an offense like, and I'm not being soft on drunk driving, and well, why did I even say that? If you think I am, you're an idiot and should probably find a dumber radio show to listen to. But guilt has been established. And then the huge life-changing difference in the repercussions are based entirely on person A can afford to hire an attorney who's good and sharp and will say to the prosecutor, I'm going to fight you on every single aspect of this. I'd say most. And make it time-consuming, expensive, maybe she gets off completely, or we meet in the middle. Yeah, all through my youth, the idea of hiring an attorney, no, they appoint you one, don't they? Right. I can't hire an attorney. And you might, it's laughable. Well, the idea of it would have been laughable. And you might, therefore... Hello, how much are you? I'm $100 an hour. Okay, bye. What? <laughs> <laughs> um... So, but 
the idea that the poorer person would have their life seriously knocked off track and the person with money to pay for good attorney, I just, I'm really uncomfortable with that if it's a justice system and guilt has been established. Guilt has been admitted to. That's well, a tough I guess one. guilt has not been proved in a court of law because that's the whole point. It's a plea bargain. Mm. Yeah, it's it just, it's bothersome because the particulars of it, and, and I'm especially sympathetic to this because I have a couple of kids who are young out on their own. Uh, as, as the great moral leader Bill Cosby once said, I have money. You don't have money. You want money? Go make some money. But so anyway, my two big kids were out on their own at this point. If they lost their licenses for six months, it would be it would be devastating to them. Um, not to mention the other penalties, it'd be extremely difficult to hold on to their jobs because they're not highly placed insurance executives with years of tenure in the company. The company'd say, "Don't worry about it, Jim. You t- we'll work around you. You work around." No, they don't work that sort of job. And so I'm pretty sympathetic to the plight of the uh, the working class at this point. So would you hire them a lawyer, or would you rather not answer that question? Uh, I would. I absolutely would. I mean, just because I think there's a problem with the system doesn't mean I'm willing to be trampled by it to make some sort of point. I, I think would... I would, de- it would depend on whether or not I feel like they actually, I'm thinking of my own kid now when they're older, if they actually are, you know, feel like they did something wrong and repentant. If I'm feeling like they're taking it pretty lightly, well... You probably need to be miserable for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. But if you're actually, oh my god, I can't believe I let that happen. It was a mistake here. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You you asked me about my kids as opposed to in principle. If it's in principle, I agree with you a hundred percent. I just know Kate and Dak and just the way they'd be. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Thought starter. I don't even have a conclusion to this. It just bothered me. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Gambling on sponge cake. Watching the sun bake. Uh, he uh, eventually agreed. He said, okay, he'll sign it. And at that point, he stood up. Uh, he put his hand in his pocket, his suit jacket pocket, and he took two Starburst candies out threw them on the table and said to Merkel, uh, here, Angela, don't say I never give you anything. Um, and uh, I... So that's what? Friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Ian Bremmer, describing because he was there, um, Trump at the big uh, G whatever meeting. So you, you know the picture where Trump is sitting cross-armed yes. and everybody... They, so that right. is the, the meeting that he's talking about where this happened. So then he said, all right, I sign it. He stands up, he takes two Starbursts out of his pocket, puts them on the table and says, hey, Angela, don't say I never gave you anything. Hilarious. Whatever. Okay. I don't find it to be a scandal or anything. It's just, yeah. There's a, I got a story here. Pop star Shakira may be accidentally, accidentally selling a trinket with a Nazi symbol on her webs. Blah, blah, blah. It's more well, fake outrage. Well, oh. she's not president. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah. She's yes, not president. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. And yet, here's a paragraph on the German words. I just, all right, stop. Stop, everybody. What do men think it means to be a man? The the whole, don't say I never gave you anything. I mean, it's, it's kind of tired by the time you're in your 70s, unless you're with a child. Isn't it a little tired? It's a little winded. <laughs> Gives her a quarter. Hey, I don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so what, is, uh, what does it mean to be a man? <laughs> According to men, manly, manly men. Of course, the introduction to this article is... Maybe pull off Angela Merkel's nose. I got your nose, huh? huh? Oh, my See God. See this? I got your nose. Just Wait a minute. All the uncle jokes. Hey, why you hit yourself? That? Why you hitting yourself, Angela? <laughs> What's huh? in your ear? Hey, look, it's a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, 
NateSilvers538.com. All right. Who've teamed up with Survey Simeon. Uh, question ape. No, it's a survey monkey. That's it. Uh, of course, it, its introduction mentions uh, gender disparities, patriarchal social system, and the role of masculinity in society. And Somebody's got to say toxic masculinity. That's my yeah, favorite right, new go term. Ahead. God yeah, dang it. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Um, okay. So uh, they uh, did a nationwide survey of about 1,600 fellers. So I'm sorry, 1,615 adults who identify as men. All right. All right. Uh, Asked respondents to reflect on their ideas of masculinity, workplace culture, and intimacy, among other things. Um, blah, blah, blah. Feeling masculine or manly is part of a majority of men's identities. When asked how masculine or manly they generally feel, 83% of men said very or somewhat masculine. I'd be in that category, I Certainly. think. Yeah. But many fewer, 53%, said it was very or somewhat important that others see them that way. I don't think much about that, certainly at this point in my life. It's somewhat important that others see me as a manly man. I don't really, th- I don't think I think about it. Maybe depends it's in my on, subconscious. Depends on, yeah, and depends on how you're going to define it. There are a number. And how hard you're trying. <laughs> well, there are a number of aspects of manhood that I want my sons to see and emulate. Sure. So, yeah. So it's important that, extent, they, that they see you right. as yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But, but not it, necessarily a stranger on the street who's like, oh, there's a manly yeah, man. Yeah, I don't think about that much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and there, there's, there's some qualities of quote-unquote masculinity that I don't want my son to exhibit, and I don't exhibit myself. I think they're, they're, they're bad. I don't want, I don't want somebody who feels like they gotta punch somebody in the face. Right. To prove they're a man. In the same way that, uh, you know, there are certain uh, feminine qualities. If, if, for instance, you break down weeping because your coupon has expired at the grocery store. I mean, that would not be good. That, that's, that, so, yeah, depends how hard you're trying. A majority of men, 64%, said their father or a father figure was a source of their ideas about what it means to be a good man. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. At 41%, mothers came in second. About what it's be to be a good man? Yeah. Uh, yeah I think that's a valuable perspective. I don't get it. From a woman's perspective. Your your mom taught you something about what being a good man is based on her relationship with your dad okay, and what she expected and, and that sort of thing. You're not saying your mom kind of looks like a dude. <laughs> no, it's a little more subtle than that. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, let's see. 40 Pete standing up or something. Many, <laughs> For instance, you know, pearls before swine. Many also cited religion. As uh, an important, uh, you know, influence on what it means to be a good man. There were, however, some generational differences. Pop culture was a source of inspiration for an understanding of manhood for younger men. 42% of those 18 to 34, while only 17% of men, 35 to 64, and 12% of men, 65 or over, said the same. I think that is a terrible, toxic, ridiculous unhealthy thing if you're looking to pop culture which which exists entirely to make money and to get you to buy stuff for your cues for how to be a man i would be really interested to find out of the percentage of people who cited that how many of those were coming from being raised by a single mother yes excellent question that's a good question. Yeah. 60% of men agreed that society puts pressure on men to in a way that is unhealthy or bad. I'd like to know what they mean. 
And the younger a man was, the more likely he was to believe that. I'd like to know a what they mean. A wispy little millennial with no grip strength. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Here, squeeze this, son. Feels society puts pressure on them? In a way that is unhealthy or bad. I'd like to. I'd really well, like to hear the, the, the definition of that. That's part of the effing Nancy Pelosi. If you want to be a poet, you can be a poet. If you want to be a guitar player, you no, you can't. Not really. If you, really, you witch. Not if you're going to feed yourself. Society's constantly putting pressure on people to feed themselves and work and everything. That attitude. Do you think that's? Like the male version of the Barbie argument? Are they talking about like G.I. Joe's and, you know, looking at Thor on the big screen, like these unreasonable expectations of the, the body standards? Or do you think it's more what you. I don't. I've never bought that argument for, for either gender, and I certainly don't buy it for men. I but while most... I, I certainly haven't seen in either one of my sons feeling like there's something wrong with them because they're not built like any Cause, of the superheroes. Because their like. chest isn't out farther than their chin is. <laughs> right. While most respondents were in agreement that society puts negative pressure on men, that, God, we are a nation of crybabies, they differed on the form that that pressure takes. One respondent said that there are, quote, too many unnatural macho expectations and too little emphasis on nurturing skills. While another believed, <laughs> I like your voice for these. While another <laughs> author believed that there's quote too much emphasis on finding our feelings, period, end quote. Um, well, yeah, okay, so it's funny the the one the wussy little fella said there's way too much of this macho stuff, and the hard guy says, "What the hell's all this with finding our feelings?" It's almost <laughs> like people have a wide ranging amount of temperaments that they can be. It's it's as if there are there a variety of ways to be a man. But that guy's a man, and I'm a man. Shouldn't we agree on all things? We also asked men about their persistent worries. Here are the top. Oh, I, I only have one worry: low T. That's right. <laughs> all right, here you go. Speaking of which, I'm going to count up from number. Uh, here's your top, your traditional top seven. Uh, sexual performance or amount of sex is worried about on a daily or near daily basis by almost a quarter of men. 23%. Yes. I've never worried about sexual performance. I always worry about amount of sex. Why those got lumped together, I don't get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving up the list, number, oh, well, it doesn't matter. M- my mental health, 32% of people worry about it on a daily or near daily basis. Ability to provide for your family, same percentage. Air day. Yeah, Air no effing day, kidding. all day. I suppose you'd have to, shouldn't that be limited to the number of people who have a family? Well, it's interesting that it's only... <laughs> yeah, for thir- me, for instance, I don't worry about that at all. Yeah, well, the worry. fact that only 32% say that says something about sure. the state of American yeah. manhood. Yeah. I didn't worry about it much either when I, you know, worst case scenario is I put all my stuff in my car and go somewhere and bartend or my something. My physique, 33%. Physical health, 49%. Finances, 53%. And the number one response, worried about it on a daily or near daily basis, 54% said, my weight. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Every day. I think about it every day. Oh, hell yeah. Which it's de- Especially today. That's Matt! different from physique, <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah, wow. That's a that's an interesting point, yeah. I wish I had bigger calves or something. Oh, yeah. I think that every and yours day. yours are pretty big. They're really <laughs> impressive. All the guys talk about them. I think about my weight every day. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Back to this survey of what it means to be a man, a manly, manly man. Uh, I'm intrigued by a lot of these results. 
Um, we talked about what men worry about on a daily or near daily basis, and the top thing was your weight, 54%. And then finances was right below it, but I worry about both those things every day. Well, worry. I don't know that I worry, but I think about them. Those were the top ones. The bottom ones, counting down to the bottom. Things you worry about the least? Well, it's guy. It's the results. No, it's it's the the fewest respondents cited this as something they worry about on a daily basis. Gotcha. Nineteen percent said your hair or hairline. Yeah, that's well. I'd say it's if you're at the point where it's receding, then you might worry. Once it's receded, the I've never thought about it a second in uh, many decades. I uh, feel bad for you if you have to occupy any of your time with that. Your clothing or style is eighteen percent. Thirteen percent is the appearance of your genitalia. I've never worried about that it's, either. That's it, my it, answer. It's not the appearance; <laughs> it's the number of appearances that concerns me. Uh, your height, six percent. Never worried about that. None of the above worries. Worries for, for homos. I don't worry about anything. Thirteen percent. How how do you not worry about any of that stuff on a daily or near? Well, I don't know. I just forget about it. Right. Exactly. There you go. Uh, being a man at work, how would you say it's an advantage to be a man at your work right now? Top response was men are taken more seriously, 23%. Hmm. Well, that's the highest number. Men make more money, 18%. Men have I, more. My, my first answer off the top of my head would be there is no advantage to being a man at work. You know what? I'm sorry. that I should have said that. None of the above is the number one response, 60%. Yeah. Why would there be an advantage? Well, I, I, I can reach things on top of things. I can if there's something just... heavy to be lifted. Generally, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think women would many women would would disagree. Okay. Um, so which, that, which, you know what that is then? So that's uh, what's that? Uh, I don't know my own privilege thing. Oh, uh, it's a male privilege, yeah. you might say. Because I don't rec- I don't notice any advantages that I have. But I would like right. to have women explain to me what the advantages are that I have. Yeah, but as usual, we reach the point in the discussion of privilege where I say, well, that's uncool if there's discrimination. I'm, I'm against that. Now what am I supposed to do? Text line. Feel bad or, or punch myself in the face or, or pay reparations or what? Text line, ladies. Ladies? Tell me what uh, advantages I don't recognize that I have as a male at work. 415-295-KFTC. So 60% said none of the above. Would you? How would you say it's a disadvantage? To be a man at your work right now. Number one response, 42%. Greater risk of being accused of sexual harassment. Clearly. Yeah. None of the above tied at 42%. Mm-hmm. Uh, greater risk of being accused of being racist or sexist. 38%. I would, I would go with the none of the above. I don't think there's any disadvantage to being a male at work either. Um, well, I, on a theoretical level, being accused of sexual harassment, I guess. But I don't think about it. Um, there's, you know what, there's a story, this, uh, civil rights activist gal, Sharita Dixon Cole, pulled over by a Texas, uh, copper who suspected her of DUI, and, uh, she claimed the trooper repeatedly told her he would let her go in exchange for sexual favors. When he, she said no, the trooper sexually assaulted her, the, her lawyer jumped in, social activist Sean King started posting, blah, blah, blah. She made it all up, made it all up. And actually, the lawyer guy said, well, what he said was, he said, it is deeply troubling when innocent parties are falsely accused, and I am truly sorry for any trouble these claims may have caused the officer and his family. I take full responsibility for amplifying these claims to the point of national concern. That's a good apology by the lawyer, by the way. But that copper was sure at a greater risk of sexual harassment because he was a dude, um, or, or being accused of it.
Um, but again, none of the above was the most popular answer. Uh, dating and relationships. How often do you be try to be the one who pays when on a date? Always. Always. So you'd say always. Don't um, try to be. I think I've always paid. You know, I've been married since uh, 1908, so I'm having trouble remembering. Uh, only th- I, I go in with the assumption that I'm paying right. for every day. Sure. All right. Me too. Uh, 35 to 64 is it was 55%. Interestingly, it's a slightly less, 53% for 65s and up. So, you know, if I'm uh, rocking the retirement community, I'm going Dutch. And, you know, you need yeah, to, fixed income. You can make all sure. the claims you want about uh, there's no difference between men and women and all this different stuff. Um, and you can try as hard as you want, but the vast majority of women, you go out on dates with dudes and they don't even make a motion to pay or anything like or that. They just say, why don't we split this? You're not into them. That's just, I guarantee well, that would be hypocrisy, Jack. I would guess it's more, it's like 80% of women, 90% of women feel that way. It's certainly right. over half. Of course, way over half of women don't express some of the feminazi, forgive me, Rush, uh, uh, attitudes that you hear in the sure. mainstream media yeah, that's true. and your progressive activist type stuff. Most women don't believe that stuff. It's a very narrow band of people. But anyway, always is, uh, oh, this, it's a broken up by age group. What age group do you want to hear about? 18 to 34s, 35 to 64s? I certainly have never been on a date with somebody that, like, if when I went to pay, they would say, how dare you assume that you're paying, that you're providing the meal? Right. Without even never. asking me. I've never had that happen no. once in my life. On occasion, they'd say, hey, let me help out with that, yeah. or let me get the tear. Yes. You know, and you just have the, the conversation <laughs> I drank a lot. I should pay for some of this. So 18 to 34s <laughs> are probably doing the most dating, right? So let's look at those. Only 36% say always. 22% say often. Sometimes is 24%. 3% rarely. 12% of 18 to 34s say they never try to be the one who pays. Well, you're a cheap bastard. I respect the hustle, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you're a you're a conning chicks out of meals. What's the matter with you? Be a man, man. Um, I wonder if they just dine and dash, and they just turn their date into an adventure. Hey, look at that! And you run out the door. <laughs> Come on, let's go. As with the behavior in the workplace, hashtag Me Too has not led most men to rethink their typical dating behaviors. That's because the vast majority of men's typical dating behaviors, I say, are, are, are fine. They're gentlemanly, or at least the majority. Um, I like this one. When you want to be physically intimate with someone, how do you gauge their interest? How asleep they are, right, Bill Cosby? Oh, boy. Every situation is different, said 60% of respondents <laughs> who are correct. In other words, you can't, like, put rules on yeah, it. I don't, a 15-page multiple-choice questionnaire that I hand them at the end of the date. It's that, Great. It's that complicated nonverbal communication that we don't even understand ourselves. It's funny. Virtually every answer is the same. Every situation is different. It's 59%. Read their physical body language to see if they're interested, 46%. Are they naked? <laughs> are they saying, blank me? Is it always clear how to gauge someone? Oh, I'm sorry. It isn't always clear how to gauge someone's interest. Correct. Which is the same as every situation is different. Ask for a verbal confirmation of consent. 31%. Make a physical move to see how they react. 29. What would you think of this? <laughs> other. 7%. Other. What's the other? I like call her mom. <laughs> call her mom. Hello, Mrs. Hey. Jones. This, my name is Joe Getty. Hi. <laughs> other. Hmm. 
So that's sex. It's something, isn't it? And see how they respond. <laughs> Sometimes I like to have sex with people. How about you? That's uh, that's that's the most important part. Huh. Um, uh, pay this off since we just played the clip of Ariana, the Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson engagement came up. Ariana, we got this text. I don't completely know what it means. Ari, Ariana Grande loves the soy boys. I don't know that. Term. Oh yeah, is that a thing? What Sean? is that? Uh, soy boys is like somebody who eats like tofu, right? It's kind of like a vegan dig, right? You get your protein from soy. Okay, soy boy. Ariana Grande loves the soy boys because feels. If you are low T, she's into you. That means she wants control. Train wreck coming in one, two, three. Past the popcorn. Oh, so she's looking for a girly man to dominate. Okay. Friggin' soy boys. I've never heard that expression. To marry? Huh. Or or she's just gonna, you know, toy with him then dump him. Out of cruel out of cruelty? That she's a bad girl. Huh. She's a donut lapper, isn't she? Did she lick that donut? Yes, that was her. Yeah. She was very young. Wasn't she a teenager when she did that? I think she still is. And she said she hates America. <laughs> I think she's still a teenager. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation.